trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's time Hello and welcome to Judge Cat No, no, that's not the right one either I guess it's just the usual. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Card Advantage. I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts. Joining me, as always, is your other faithful, faithful host, Rich. Rich, how are you tonight? Faithful. Doing pretty good. Yes, faithful host. I'm afraid I'm so. I'm full of faces. That's right. Most, mostly just one. There are other voices in the darkness here with us because it is once again time for some more flavor cast. So, again, Clues, I only hear you. Look. Roll with me here, okay? The meds, they're still working on them. Uh, we haven't got the dose right. So, because okay, of that, it is time. We have for guests. That's right, quote and I really hope my tone implied the air quotes. Guests. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined, as usual, for our flavor cast roundup by the two most flavorful men in magic. One Mr. CJ Schrader from JudgeCast. Hello. And one Mr. Mike from the Mana Pool. Who I think, that is, I think that is your last name that you're always introduced as Mike. Yeah, from the Manipool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds exactly right. So, so of the of the so, Chapel Hill from the Manipools. That's 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 absolutely right. Yes. So, so they're the most flavorful men in magic. What flavor are you guys? Lately, I've been eating a lot of shiracha, so by now I'm probably shiracha flavor. <laughs> Good to know. Nice and spicy. I just had some honey barbecue wings. Oh, that's awesome. That does sound delicious. Eh. So, lots of spice. Well, tonight we're gonna look. Okay, listeners, you and me, let's have a chat for just a second. Forget about forget about these guys for a minute. Uh, I just want to say uh, I'm sorry in advance for some of the things I may say on tonight's episode. I'm hopeful that I won't have to do a lot of editing after the fact. I'll I'll try. I I will really try. You see, ladies and gentlemen, this is the difference between Clues and I. I apologize for nothing. This is true. He apologized for absolutely nothing. But tonight, we are going to talk about uh, maybe the worst villains in all of the Magic Multiverse. Is that fair to say? How do you find worst? Uh, well, uh, are you by worst, you mean more, most evil? Or because worst would probably, <laughs> if, if it's the worst villain ever, I'm thinking of one-eyed Bart because he can't be a great villain. Yeah, it's either exactly. do you mean the baddest guys or the worst? Yeah, not not the worst in terms of quality. They're good at okay. what they do, but they're they're evil. Now, or, is now is something that's necessarily evil or bad by nature worse than someone that chooses to be that way? Cuz now are the Aphrexians like kind of like the Eldrazi where they are the embodiment of evil because they are that that's how they are? Or by like a Nicobolus who chooses to make, who makes the choices he does for what he does. Well, yeah, the okay. I, I just think they're helping you. The Eldrazi evil at all? Yeah, I was, I was gonna say the Eldrazi aren't really good or evil. They just are. Well, I, I, I'm not specifically saying they are evil. I'm just saying they are what they are. They, they don't choose to be what they are. But the, the Phyrexians actually actively remove the things that are good. So I'm, they I'm think thinking. they think they're bad. So they think they're heroes. Well, sure, okay. The the best villains, gentlemen, heroes in their own. Corexians are heroes. That's they are not. Yes, the Corexians <laughs> are are awful, terrible abominations that should be destroyed at all costs. They were created and evolved by a deeply evil man. Deeply, no. deeply he, evil. Once again, he he thought it was okay. No, no. Did you read about the things that he did before? Yeah, I, to learn. Wrong. Yogmoth is a bad man. <laughs> Yogmoth was a terrible, terrible being. 
Oh God. Anyway, we're talking about Phyrexians tonight. Uh, we're, we're gonna have to go through, there's a lot, a lot to deal with here. So we're gonna, we're gonna breeze through some of this to bring you up to speed on, uh. You say they're the worst flavor of Doritos ever, Clues. Would that flavor be motor oil and hate? Uh, that, that sounds like Phyrexia, yeah. Yeah, I was just, just curious. There's a Dorito that came out not too long ago and it tastes like hot dogs. That? You know, I there say was... not too long ago, but I was in college, so I guess it was a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had these, they had this new ring of flavors. They're doing like macaroni and cheese yeah, and like was, with bacon, some odd flavors, and they tasted yeah. really interesting. So yeah. I have a Dorito story since we're on that subject. <laughs> Please do. When, when when I was in college, uh, we were traveling in Spain, and uh, we we had a hankering for for Doritos. We were just really hungry, so we went down to like a Seven Eleven. Yes, it was an actual like Seven Eleven in Spain. I think this was in Madrid. And we tried to find Doritos, but the only thing we could find was bacon-flavored Doritos, which sounds better than it actually was. And we decided the best thing to go with that was some wine. So we bought some some really, really cheap Spanish wine that was like $3 for a liter. And it it was awful. So I that guess... That sounds like a real hobo snack right there. <laughs> I guess my advice is... Well, look, I was in college, okay? No, was it a 7-Eleven or was it a Siete Once? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it was a Siete Once. Either way, it was it was bad, like really, really bad. Now, are you sure you weren't drinking wine drink? I'm pretty sure it was not wine drink. It was actual wine. Uh, there's if you if anyone who watches Brooklyn Nine Nine, you might know what I'm talking about. Which, if you don't watch that show, you should watch that show. I watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it's the episode when they had to go to the captain's um, birthday party, and they're like, you know, bring bring wine. It's an adult party. And they all brought the same drink. It was actually called wine drink. Oh, it was like, it was like, it was like $5 bottle of wine. <laughs> so pretty much what clues drink. Yeah, apparently so. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had some other wine while in Spain that was quite good, but the, the like $3 at 7-Eleven, excuse me, at Siete Once, no, not, not, no, no bueno. No bueno. That's what that was. Okay. Talk about Yawgmoth? I was going to say, so why don't we actually turn to our actual topic tonight, which is the Phyrexians. Oh, God, the Phyrexians. So why don't we start at the beginning, pre-Phyrexians. CJ, what can you tell us? All right, so I'd say for the most part, Phyrexia starts with Yawgmoth. Uh, The actual plane started with someone else, but... Uh, yeah, and interestingly he, enough, I think to this day we don't know who actually who the planeswalker was who created yeah. Phyrexia. Maybe he's still out there. Maybe he's off Nixilis. No, when they the first time we see the control room at the center of Phyrexia, there's the there's the dead dragon planeswalker's corpse. Oh, that's right. Front. You're yeah. you're right. Actually, he is dead. You mean the hero? I had totally forgotten. <laughs> the hero uh, that brought us in fact in the end. <sighs> Oh, 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 Rich, Rich, you're breaking up there. I think you're going to fall off the call. So Yawgmoth was was a member of the race of the Thran, which I think were just humans um, that existed on Dominaria a long time ago. And it occurs to me that a lot of listeners might not know what Dominaria is. Oh, that's a that's a very (laughs) good point. Yeah. Dominaria is where all magic storylines more or less used to take place. Um, particularly all the core sets and, and most of the major sets you can think of, like Ice Age. Legends, apparently. I learned that on our Nicola Bolas episode. I didn't even realize it. Um, all those kinds of things, they all took place on Dominaria. Yeah, what what was the first expansion to take place outside of Dominaria? Um, Arabian Nights. 
Oh, yeah, that'd be it. I, I thought Arabian Nights was on Dominaria, but in a different part nope. of the... Map. No, uh, really? Rabia is its own plane. Yep. Okay, well, all right. Well, then I, I sit corrected. And then Antiquities came back to it. Shards. Um, so, yeah, anyway, he used to live on uh, Dominaria way, well before Urza was ever born, so well before any modern storyline. Um, and he's basically a guy who is... In, he's kind of obsessed with learning... Um, but he's also obsessed with diseases and plagues. Yeah, he has uh, a, he has an unhealthy obsession with diseases and plagues. Yeah. yeah, he um he did some things like so. Sounds kind of like Hitler. Yeah, Yogmoth is kind of um his own uh, his own podcast on his own. So I, I I think the plan is to kind of just summarize him. Yeah, he did awful awful. But things. he did a lot of things. He got kicked out. He got back uh, and. What eventually happened was a planeswalker came to the Thran's uh, city of Halcyon, I believe it was called, uh, to talk to somebody else. But Yogmoth talked to this planeswalker. The planeswalker's name was Dyfed. And Dyfed took Yogmoth to what would eventually be Phyrexia because Yogmoth was looking for a place where he could do his experiments. He's kind of obsessed with perfection. He he wants people to be perfect. Now, uh, th- this was back in the time like period. Like an Aryan race? Something like that. This Ex- was... Boy, I was, I was afraid we were going to go there. <clears throat> this was back in the time period when, uh, so this was pre-mending planeswalkers who could take people between planes who didn't have a spark. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, Dyfed eventually built a portal from Yogma, from, from Yogma, from Phyrexia to Dominaria because it was a lot easier to travel between planes back then. So that allowed Yogma to travel back and forth. So as we mentioned a little bit, that plane that, that was there, it was created by some, guy we don't know a uh, planeswalker that manifested as a dragon but um there's no back then if you were a planeswalker you could look like whatever you wanted so it didn't it doesn't necessarily mean that planeswalker was a dragon just looked like a dragon but the entire plane had been abandoned it had some like life that lived there but it wasn't it wasn't much i i think like the i think the dragon engines were already native to phyrexia but i'm not 100 on that and also phyrexia is uh it's kind of built based on um Dante's Inferno. Yes. So it has it has nine spheres all within each other. So the outer sphere of Phyrexia is the one that's like closest to Dominaria. I don't mean in location. I mean it has wildlife. It has like some metal trees and things. You know, it's kind of a weird place, but it's the closest to what could be like a real place. But as you get deeper and deeper, it just gets more terrifying. There's, I think, pretty sure there's a torture sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the uh, this the oil sphere is just a bunch of Phyrexian oil, and then in the center, Yogmoth lived uh, after after he went a little crazy. Yeah, in in fact, let's let's see here. I I found a list of all the spheres. Okay, so the first okay, yeah. yeah, here we go. So the first sphere, it's the surface. It's a mechanical parody of nature. Yeah. So it you know it it kind of looks like normal stuff, but when you look a little closer, it's like all of the water is covered with oil and and everything's just disgusting. You've got uh, smog and soot and everything in the air. The second sphere is mostly debris from the first sphere and smokestacks leading from the lower levels up. Okay, so that's that's the second one. Uh, the third sphere is a virtually impassable tangle of pipes and ducts filled with horrors. <laughs> horrors, and, and a key here, it contains spatial distortions that prevent planes walking to the lower spheres. So you can't just pop to the lower spheres. You, you gotta come in up, up above. The fourth sphere is where the furnaces are and where they make new Phyrexians. Uh, not, not, not new Phyrexian. Where they create Phyrexians. Okay, that's, 
Oh, boy, the terminology gets bad. <clears throat> the fifth sphere is the boiling sea of glistening oil. We'll yes, come back to glistening favorite. oil. <laughs> it's, it's such so pis- picturesque, you know. Yes. Uh, the sixth sphere houses the chambers of Yogmoth's inner circle, so the, his his uh, praetors and minions who, who run things. The seventh sphere is the punishment sphere. So if, <laughs> as if being in any of these other spheres wasn't bad enough, there's one that's even worse where we send you just to be tortured. <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine going to hell and then going to hell again. That's right. It's, it's the hell of hell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the eighth sphere is pure energy, and the ninth sphere is the sanctum of Yogmoth, where he actually uh, chills. It's it's his pad. Yeah. So there you go. Yes. So so before Yogmoth just chilled in that center sphere, he kind of betrayed this planeswalker. He wanted to figure out how she was able to walk between planes, so he. Uh, so back then, planeswalkers is very tough to kill one. Uh, he did, um, stabbed her with something and it kind of prevented her from planeswalking away and it kind of just kept her in constant pain. And I think he dissected her alive. Yeah, uh, he did. To try to figure it out why she could planeswalk and he couldn't. Um, there's, there's a pretty, so all, all of the stuff we're talking about right now all took place in the, the novel, The Thran. Yep. So if you wanna, if you wanna read all about that, including the disturbing passages where he basically like stabs her in the brain, and yeah. then every time she starts to heal, she gets stabbed in the brain again. Yes. So it's, it's pretty awful. Yeah, he, he traps her there. Um, unfortunately, eventually she died, uh, someone else unhooked her from this thing that was keeping her alive, so she she died. But Yogmoth never figured out how to do that, but he did have the portal, and he did start researching that portal technology and all that stuff. Uh, he went crazy. Basically, what ended up happening was a bunch of people who Yogmoth had already been working on and kind of turned on his side, you know, because they're like, I love having a bare arm. That's the, the direction for me. <laughs> they all uh, ended up going to... Phyrexia, what he started calling Phyrexia, because he had invented this process of phthisis that is used to uh, cure disease, but it just it just turns into a Phyrexian. Uh, they all go there, and there's another friend named Glacian who uh, he what he had a planeswalker spark. I don't think it ever ignited, but he had it, and I think he was aware of it. And he sealed it away in a power stone, and he placed it into the caves of Koilos, which might be familiar to people, because I think it's legal and standard right now. I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, he placed it in there, which locked the Phyrexians away. So Yay. that's that's basically the end of uh, the Thran, the book, uh, and and yeah. the people, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, I guess then they just kind of died out. Yeah, they 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 died out. And they spoil the ending clue. <clears throat> yeah, well, well, look, how many? It, it's it's not like this book just came out, right? It's been around for a while. Uh but the, this this power stone is what kind of it was the 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 lock that sealed the Phyrexians away and wouldn't let that portal reopen so that they could come back. Yeah. All right. So that's where we stood for a while. Then then a period of time passes and I want to say it's ballpark 5000 years yes. or so between the events of the Thran and when we come to uh the next novel, which is probably the novel that if you read any early magic novels, you probably read this one, and that's the Brothers' War. Mm-hmm. And you know, we could we could make the Brothers' War an entire podcast as well. I, I feel like we did, or did I just write some notes about it? Uh, I can't remember. I don't think we've ever talked about Urza. Okay, well then we'll have to come back to that. Come back to that later. But 
we will have to touch on some events during the Brothers' War because it uh, it it also leads to the Phyrexians. Just a funny side note on Urza. I was watching um, an anime, and one of the, the characters' name is Urza, but it's a girl, and it just kept messing me up the whole time. They'd say her name. <laughs> huh? Which which anime was this? Fairy Tale. Huh. Okay, I do not know that one. Yeah, girl's name is Urza, and they call her Urza, and every time they see Urza, just I think of an old man. All right. Well, he's young right now. Yeah, I was going to say, at this point in our story, Urza is quite young. Old man. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so uh, does does anybody else want to pick up the story at this point? You guys are so like, I have no clue what's going on at the, the, so that far back. I can hit, hit me at New Phyrexia. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. All right, doing. you're going to be waiting a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of ground to cover before then. Okay, well, CJ, where where are we going next? All right, so Urza had a brother named Mishra. They had a brothers' war, as you might surmise. Huh. Um, basically, all that started because they found that power stone. Uh, they accidentally broke it into two pieces, so they each had a piece. And when they broke it, it released the Phyrexians. Uh, long story short, the Phyrexians kind of corrupted Mishra, and yeah. Now uh, it, it should be noted, you know, we're we're probably gonna talk about the Brothers' War specifically later, but it should be noted that at this point, when they when they broke the Power Stone, they didn't quite unseal that portal so that you know basically the Phyrexians could just come pouring through, but they they weakened the barrier between the two planes, and the Phyrexians were able to send somebody through. Yeah, and Gix, it was Gix. Yeah, it was it was totally Gix, and <laughs> it's, uh, Gix. <laughs> it's always Gix, <clears throat> and uh, Gix Gix corrupts Mishra and carry on. Yeah, so summarizing the entire thing, big battle. Uh, it causes that it eventually ends up in that Silax Silax explosion that uh, started the Ice Age. It gave it ignited Urza's spark. Well, it wasn't Urza's spark. It was. Glaceon Spark that was trapped in the Power Stone. He put the two stones together. He had the Silax. Somehow all these things together made him uh, become a Planeswalker with the Gemstone Eyes that was the two pieces of the Power Stone. And this also, beyond being the first time Urza caused an apocalypse, because there are many times, uh, this is also the first time... Um, well, no, it also broke Dominaria and a few other planes off from the multiverse from all the other planes. So, once again... Phyrexia was locked out. They could not get back to Dominaria, but I guess Yagmoth just really wants to destroy Dominaria, like, or not destroy it. He, he's helping it. He wants to convert it. No, no, actually. He wants I, to I, go home. No, and I, look, it. that's, this is, this is a subject for the, uh, the Yagmoth podcast, but he really wants to take revenge on all of Dominaria because I, I believe her name was Rebic. Yeah. She's the one who rejected him at the end of the Thran and actually used the Power Stone to seal away the, yeah. uh, the, the Phyrexians. And he, he at that point swore vengeance on her specifically and all of Dominaria by proxy. So Urza actually got caught outside this shard I was just talking about. Um, I know at the end of the Brothers War, he planeswalks away basically immediately after. Uh, so I'm assuming like it's still breaking apart and he planes walks away and then when he tries to get back, he can't. So he's also trapped outside the shard, uh, unable to go back to Dominaria. And while he's out there, he meets a rogue Phyrexian Newt named Xantia. So Xantia is, Phyrexian Newt is just like a, uh, kind of, they look like humans. Yeah, they're, they're kind of infiltrators. They're Phyrexians yeah. who are created to look like normal people, but deep down inside, they're, they're corrupted 
terrible Phyrexians. And, you know, they're, I think, if I, if I remember correctly, some newts don't even know that they're Phyrexians. Yeah. But she did. She was just defective. Yeah. So she was like, hey, I don't want to destroy the world or whatever. Um, so she just kind of left, I, I assume, through some portal. Uh, she's, she'll become important a little bit later, but. Yes. Basically, once again, long story short, cause this is what, I don't know, 700 years? I don't know. Some long length of time passes, the newts are also immortal. Uh, the Ice Age ends, Freya Lee's casts her little world spell, ends the Ice Age, the multiverse starts to come back together, and so Gix is like, yeah, I'm still here, I'm getting in there, getting back into that portal. Um, and Urza comes back to Dominary, he brings Xantia, he brings another guy who, is for another future podcast, but the fact of the matter is they all get in a big fight with Gix. They're able to stop Gix um, from having a second invasion, but in that fight, Xantia dies, the other guy that was there dies, and Urza is a real weirdo because he keeps Xantia's Power Stone heart, which is odd to me. Yeah, it, it is kind of odd. So people were really big into Power Stones back then. Yeah, well, everything ran on Power Stones. Everything ran on Power Stones. That was kind of a Thran invention, I believe. So, Urza's kind of upset about this, so he starts a plan to destroy the Phyrexians forever. Uh, this is also, this is called the Legacy Weapon. You Spoiler, may remember he does a terrible such... job of it. <laughs> he does a great job. He does a great job. Hold on. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's still lateral damage. What the hell is that? Yeah, I mean, you if may you remember that card from the card, the legacy weapon. Yeah. So but, I, we're, we're glossing over a whole bunch of things. So much, yeah, but you kind of have to, or this would take forever. Like, yeah, I mean, the entirety of the ice age is skipped. I mean, it's going to pain me in a second because we're about to skip all of Teleria more or less. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a whole bunch of important stuff to talk about at Teleria, but I, you're right. We don't have time. And anyway, the, the point is over all these thousands of years, Yawgmoth and Phyrexia still exist. He's still stewing and plotting and planning and evolving mm-hmm. everything on Phyrexia oh, towards, now, his, towards his end. He does have one other motivation for attempting to invade. Uh, Phyrexia is a created plane. It's not a naturally occurring plane. Right. So he knows eventually Phyrexia is going to collapse because no, no artificial plane can survive indefinitely. You know, they so, say that, but then... There's a few that just do, and I'm like, okay. So. It hasn't been forever yet. That's right. I guess not. Forever hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Although there's implications that Mirrodin survives because it, it wasn't tied to any mana specifically. Hmm. And that's why it was able to last forever. But anyway. Uh, so, Urza's like, I'm gonna stop these Phyrexians, and Yawgmoth is also like, I'm gonna finally get in there and handle this. So, what Urza does is he goes off and sets up shop in Tolaria, he opens an academy. You might know that card as well. And he starts experimenting with time travel. And in these experiments, he builds Karn, Kama, Silver, Golem. Why is he silver? Because only silver can travel in time for some reason. (laughs) For some never really explained reason. Yeah. Uh, And along the way, he puts Xantia's heart. That is what powers Karn. It's pretty clear that silver can only travel in time because that's what kills werewolves. Uh, I'm not sure I follow your logic, yeah. but sure. <laughs> now, Kurt- Silver in general has always had a really strong connection with magical power. 
Correct on, me on if, Earth and and in you know in in normal Earth mythology and in magic, in in both uh, normal fake stories and magic fake stories. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, Earth fake stories. <laughs> that's right. All flavors of stories. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Urza's whole plan with uh with Karn is to basically send him back in time to the point where he and Mishra grabbed the the, the power stone. And somehow stop the Phyrexians from coming in at that point? I believe that is his plan. Yeah, it's either that or stop Phyrexia from being created, period. I can't remember. Yeah. And so he's able, he keeps sending Karn like a little further and a little further back. Uh, but eventually some Phyrexians do invade the academy and he built his, and he has his time machine. He's like, Karn, you have to stop him from invading the academy. And so he sends Karn back a little, little bit. It causes the time machine to explode. It causes all these time bubbles to happen on Teleria. Kills a bunch of people again. But in Urza's total body count, it's actually pretty minor. <laughs> Quite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it killed a lot of students and people like that. Um, yeah. And, it, and it, one of my favorite things is there's there's a little time bubble of Phyrexians, and their time moves faster than the people outside of that. And so the people outside keep trying to kill the Phyrexians because the Phyrexians are just multiplying and trying to get out, and they can see this happening very quickly. But the Phyrexians are always able to build something to stop the people outside from trying to stop them because they see them coming, and they're looking, and they're like extremely slow. So whatever they're coming with, they can just build some kind of countermeasure for it. That's one of my favorite little plots. Eventually, they discover that like water for some reason can go <laughs> between. Yeah, that's yeah. also not. Well explained, but still, it it leads to some interesting look. Yeah. the whole fall of Teleria is a whole nother podcast, actually. Boy, these are yeah. stacking up. Okay, every time rift and time spiral. So, Teleria falls. Yeah, we still have Phyrexians. What yep. what's their next milestone? Yep. So at the same time, Yogmoth is working on his Plan B, which is the World of Wrath, R A T H, giving us such lovely cards like Apes of Wrath. Fantastic. That's just fantastic. <laughs> that was when Mark Rosewater was still allowed to name cards and do yes. text. <laughs> um, and Wrath is a world made of flowstone, which is like a tiny little self-replicating machine that uh, the Evan car of Wrath can control. And amazingly, we're going to skip all the Evan cars of Wrath because, wow, we're skipping a whole lot. Um, <laughs> the reason Wrath is so important is because it's a it's a tiny little pocket plane that's attached to Dominaria. And that's how Yogmoth plans to use it as a staging ground to to invade. Yeah, so somehow when this flowstone, it's keep making Wrath bigger. Uh somehow when it's shaped like just like Dominaria is my understanding of it, you can then do some magic and all of Wrath will overlay on Dominaria. And if you have a bunch of Phyrexians on Wrath, they will now be on Dominaria. So that way he's not limited to just coming through for a bunch of Little portals and stuff like that. Yeah, they yeah they occupy roughly the same space in the multiverse, like coordinate yeah. wise, but they don't have the same mass, so they're not in phase with each other. Adding more flowstone to Wrath to build up its mass will eventually cause it to phase into Dominaria. Yep, and hey, it worked. It uh, <laughs> it overlaid. Yeah, it overlaid in Dominaria, um, barely touching Otaria for some reason, but it all worked. And a bunch of Phyrexians came in, and they killed a bunch of people. A lot of people. They killed a lot of people, and anyone they didn't kill, uh, eventually Yogmoth came in. Once they, the original Phyrexians came in, and he killed a ton more people. And? And at this point, Yogmoth had evolved into what was, 
I'm guessing one of the possible end results of the grand evolution, basically a giant continent spanning um, cloud of death and disease. Yeah. Yeah, Yawmoth. So weird thing about Yawmoth is there's like no, he's never depicted in any card, I don't think. So we don't really know what he looks like, but just I don't think over any given amount of time he ever looked the same anyway, because he was constantly trying to improve himself, I assume. Mm-hmm. I guess it's also worth mentioning he was he was never a planeswalker. Like the way he got through was through portals or through this wrath wrathy overlay. But now he's thinking with portals. He was thinking <laughs> with portals. He's always been thinking with portals. So along around the same time, Urza has built nine giant robots, and he they all have to be uh, piloted by a planeswalker, and he used them to just wreck Phyrexia. Uh, once again, there's a lot more to it than that, uh, including Urza becoming a disembodied head, but basically he used them to wreck Phyrexia, and he does a really good job of it. Like, this, this basically destroys Phyrexia. Nothing lives on Phyrexia after he's done with it. So, Urza wins. Yay, oh, no, it's not yay, it's the other one, it's ew. Yeah. Because Yawgmoth is still in Dominaria, killing everyone. Uh, but because Except Urza, Urza had plans. Urza had plans. He had the legacy weapon that he'd been working on for thousands of years. Yawgmoth and Urza aren't that different. Like, they um, <laughs> they both just had these really long, arching plans to kill the other one. Uh, and but, everyone else along the way. Yeah, and if other people got in there. Um, like, you'd think, you'd think someone who hung out with Newt's with a newt for a thousand years or whatever would have a little bit of hesitance to destroying all newts that ever existed, but nope, not at all. Anyway, the legacy weapon kills Yawgmoth. He kills him for real. He is actually dead. Nothing you have heard otherwise is true. Yawgmoth is dead. Now, look, I've I've heard that he may not actually... Yawgmoth is dead. Okay, good. We're all agreed then. We'll no, and I... If you want me to explain that a little more, so... No, please do. In, um, when Corona False God shows up a little bit later, uh, she travels to five quote unquote planes of, um, of pure mana, of various manas, and she claims to see Yogmoth. And she also claims to see, like, the spirit of Yogmoth, and he's like, I'm still live, just waiting. And she also claims to see Teferi during that period. Um, then later, uh, Corona, who is really Jessica, blah, 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 becomes, um, Jessica actually meets Teferi, and Teferi's like, no, we never met. And that's their way of saying, okay, all that junk Corona saw was not true. It never happened. So Yawgmoth is definitely dead. So no foolin'. Yawgmoth's no foolin'. Dead. Yawgmoth's dead. Nicol Bolas killed him. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's Ugin. Yeah, something like that. Um, and also in this legacy weapon explosion, uh, Karn becomes the first and only artificially created planeswalker. Uh, he has Urza's spark, which is Glacian's spark. All these little different things all kind of come together and make him into a planeswalker. Um, yeah, so he's got Glacian's spark, but he also still has Zancha's heart. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a problem. At least, I think it's a problem. Somebody should wake mm-hmm. up rich, cause we're almost there. We are actually almost, almost through, like we've skipped a lot, but as a, as a, just an overall history of the Phyrexians. So, Karn goes on to create Mirrodin, I guess, because he just wanted to. I was never really sure why he did it. <laughs> I guess he, he just could. wanted a place to hang out. Yeah. Um, and uh, eventually he's like, I don't know, I don't want to hang out any, here anymore. And he brings Mimnark over, and he 
He creates a Marari to look at other planes and all this stuff, but none of it's really that important. The point is, all this time, even through his ascension, he had Xantia's heart, and Xantia's heart has some just a tiny little amount of Phyrexian oil in it because she is a Phyrexian, and that tiny little amount over a long time ended up corrupting uh, Mirrodin, and we ended up getting what eventually became New Phyrexia. And then the New Phyrexians are always interesting to me because they have no connection back to Yawgmoth. They're not aware of what Yawgmoth is, but they're, I, they seem to be aware of like the concept of a father of machines, of a, of a singular leader figure. So that's why the New Phyrexians captured Karn or... Well, this... Are, aren't this... we missing the whole part where... Because wasn't Memnark... Didn't he he kind of went crazy sitting in the center of mm-hmm. uh, Beard and sitting there kind of controlling everything or watching everything for Karn. He kind of went crazy with the Phyrexian oil that was kind of there in Mirrodin. Yeah. And then that's where the, like, that's where we come to Mirrodin is with Bemnark being the big baddie. Yeah, and he's been a little corrupted. So there, there are two things that I think bear mentioning here, uh, from kind of a, a story standpoint. Uh, I, I find it interesting that in the same way that Phyrexia, at least the outer sphere of Phyrexia, is kind of this uh, parody of nature, where, you know, at first glance it looks kind of normal, but when you look closer it's like, no, actually all of that is icky. Uh, the Mirrodin is kind of similar that way, in that at first glance it's like, oh, this is a plane and it's got, you know, grass and trees and stuff, and oh god, why is everything made of metal? Yes. So I, th- I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, but I, I think it also bears mentioning that, like you said, the Phyrexians on New Phyrexia, or on Mirrodin, those Phyrexians seem to have this kind of compulsion to look to this father figure of Karn, the father of machines, uh, much in the same way that the Phyrexians had taken on Yogmoth as a father figure. Because when Yogmoth gets killed, essentially all the rest of the Phyrexians just basically fold back on Dominaria. They've... They're they're done for as soon as Yogmoth is killed. Yeah. So it's it's almost like it's uh 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 just a general character trait of Phyrexians that they they need some sort of a a leader to point at. Yeah. The other thing I, li- I like about the new Phyrexians is um, so Phyrexia itself was a very black mana place. Like the entire plane was basically black mana. Um, but new Phyrexia because of this, uh, Mirrodin has these these five. Is it? They're sons, actually. I wrote yeah, the, the five sons. sons. Yeah, um, they have these five sons, which are each basically just big balls of mana of certain colors. Um, but because the plane has a more e- even balance of mana, the the Phyrexians all started to um, diverge into the five colors of mana, and that's why we had the five different praetors and the five colors of Phyrexians and all that kind of stuff. And then basically, that's that's where. New Phyrexia is right now. We don't really know what's up. I mean, we talked about uh, Tezzeret going there, I think, last time I was on, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Cobolus episode, yeah. So we don't know what's going on there. Um, So as as far as we can tell, the Phyrexians from Dominaria are destroyed, completely wiped out. They're gone. Yeah, we believe all the old-style Phyrexians are dead. And the new Phyrexians, as far as we can tell... Are completely contained on Mirrodin. For you now. Mean new, you mean New Phyrexia? I mean Mirrodin pure that those <laughs> bastards taunted us with as if that were ever a possibility. Why did they have to lie to us? I mean, seriously, what the hell was up with that? I never thought it was a possibility. 
They tried to pretend that it was. They tried to lead no, us. No, they didn't. They didn't. You, you were no. I was, was a believer. Cool. I was a believer. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Was, I was too. If if they would have done pure Mirrodin, there would wouldn't have been Elish Norn. Yeah, and that yeah. would have been just fine. No, just no, fine. no. And we wouldn't have had no. Phylexian mana, which also would have been just fine. Oh, we've had more metalcraft. Oh boy. We would have brought back Affinity, damn it. Yeah, right. No, we wouldn't have. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is that would have been even worse. Yeah, possibly. One other thing I do want to mention is, uh, and we talked about this when we talked about Elspeth, is her home plane was invaded by Phyrexians. But it doesn't really mesh with this timeline. Uh, like, they couldn't be the new Phyrexians because, uh, because her age is similar enough to costs to where we know, you know, that's not it. Uh, but it it couldn't have been it, the old Phyrexians either, right? Well, we thought they were all dead, but if her plane was invaded by Phyrexians, it must be the old Phyrexians. But if so, why aren't they building portals and just traveling from plane to plane still? Or maybe they are, and we're just not going to those planes. I was going like, maybe they are. Maybe we have new Phyrexia, and then like a hundred other Phyrexian planes that are just way more powerful than new Phyrexia. New Phyrexia oh. is actually not important. Okay, here we go, here we go. Plot twist. We need to weaponize the Eldrazi to go wipe out the planes that have Phyrexians on them. <laughs> Plot twist. I mostly just wanted to say weaponize the Eldrazi, so... <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Nothing. Uh, absolutely twist. nothing could go wrong with that. This is this is a plan that Urza himself would be wholly in favor of. <laughs> uh, new Phyrexia is invaded by Phyrexians. Oh, hey, there we go. And, a, they, a and they'd be like, you guys are not Phyrexians. That, yeah, we, we need to complete you. No, we need to complete you. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would that would create a block that I would have absolutely no interest in. <laughs> All would bow to the Grand Sino bite. Uh, uh, so, yeah, All will show. bow clues. That block. Yeah. Oh god. There's so many great things we had to skip over. I really do love the Teleria era. Oh yeah, uh, there's lots with of good stuff. The time bubbles. And uh I mean we skipped over all the Evan cars of Wrath. There's one like David, I think his name was, and then Volrath, and then Crovax. <sighs> <laughs> and this is the sound of CJ being wistful. There's just uh, not enough time. Yeah. This time. This time. That's key, this time. Beebles? Beebles lived on Wrath? There's uh, some girl. I forgot her name now. But New Phyrexia gave us infect clues. Yeah, okay. Now, <laughs> Why hold, are you doing hold, that? Hold on. Why are you doing that? You're just poking the bear, aren't you? You really are. So let's let's table infect for a second. We'll come back to it. We'll table Phyrexian mana for a second. We'll come back to that too. Uh, so what sorts of cards from early in or mechanics from early in Magic's uh, history directly referenced Phyrexians? Phyrexian Arena. Phyrexian Arena, yes, absolutely. Uh, Yogmoth's Will, Yogmoth's Bargain, anything with Yogmoth in the name, yeah, that's totally Phyrexian. Uh, isn't there a Phyrexian Juggernaut? Not the, not the Juggernaut. There was Dreadnought. something uh, that was a Phyrex, there was Phyrexian some, Dreadnought. Yes. Phyrexian was that portal? the, uh, what was the one that was the, uh, cause there's the Phyrexian Obliterator, I think, for, that was four mana that Sacrifice stuff every time you dealt damage to it. Yeah, the the Phyrexian Negator was the original model. Yep. Okay, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Okay. Phyrexian Devourer. Yeah, there's a lot. Man. I mean, there was a dual deck, um, uh, something versus the Phyrexians. 
Phyrexia versus the Coalition. That was the Coalition. Um, that was set during the time of the invasion of Dominaria. Yeah, until uh, until New Phyrexia, there weren't any mechanics really that mentioned Phyrexia. It was just Phyrexia being mentioned by name, either in the card's name or in flavor text or references to Yogmoth or Gix or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we but no mechanics. See, like like a Phyrexian card in like very early Magic was more artifact, and then in the Urza's block, it, I feel like it became more of a black card. I feel like there's a transition there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in early magic it was mostly just uh leftover leftover machines from the Brothers War that were some that were somehow still active. Yeah. And then uh, Urza Saga showed a little bit more of that war and more of the living, more of the not hundred percent mechanical Phyrexian beings. Man, there are a lot of cards with Phyrexian in the name. <laughs> including both old and new cards, there are 60 different cards with Phyrexian directly in the name of the card. Yeah, yeah, there there were some Phyrexian creations that were 100% uh, mechanical, you know, like yeah. like a, a a Dragon Engine or a Phyrexian Dreadnought or this, that, and the other thing. But for the large part, you have this, like you see in New Phyrexia, this uh, horrifying amalgamation of of machinery and flesh. Fuse together and, and integrate with each other. For the for the old style Phyrexians, that was mostly horrible, creepy black creatures. But and now we have all kinds. Yeah, horrible, creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but now they get they gave them more colors. And they gave us Elish Norn and Jin Gitaxis and children. Yeah, personality. I really like Warren class. I do too. Or like Urbresk's personality he doesn't because he's because he's so red he doesn't like all the politicking of the others he just wants them to leave him alone so he can take care of his own deal in the furnace layer that's why the mirans are able to take refuge in the furnace layer because urbras doesn't really care as long as they don't get in the way of his uh his work yeah i like that that they just hang out there so uh, do, do any of you have an I, i'm assuming that cj will uh and an earlier card from uh, Magic's history that is Phyrexian but is also colored is Phyrexian Tyranny. What can you tell me about this card? It's it's blue, black, and red. Do you know uh, Phyrexian uh, Tyranny? Yeah. Because it, it seems to depict an important point in the uh, the, the life of everyone's good friend, Squee. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, Krovax. It's, it's, it's one of the many moments where um, Krovax was torturing Squee for entertainment. Yeah, Yawgmoth is the one who made Squee um, immortal, just as a reward for Krovex being a good Evan Carr. <laughs> Isn't that what goblins are for, though? Yeah. Yeah, he he literally made Squee immortal just so Krovex could kill him over and over and over again. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's Yawgmoth trying to make things good. That's Yawgmoth being a hero. You remember that? From the beginning yeah. of the episode. Hey, you know what? Hero. Yogmoth was Squeeze a hero. probably one of the last ones alive that survived the apocalypse. He's probably still alive. Pro- probably. You know who isn't? Everyone else. Have absolutely everybody else. Because chances are they died in Time Spiral. Yes, if they didn't die in Apocalypse, they died in Time Spiral. I feel like Wizards of the Coast has really committed quite a bit of genocide in their past. Yeah. A lot of people died. I mean, a lot. Of people died. Okay, so that's that's some early stuff. But then, you know, I I feel like 
the Phyrexians just kind of took a back seat for, for quite some time. Well, it feels like they were so prevalent for so long, people were probably got bored of them. Yeah, I mean, the, for the longest time, they were the villain. There was no one else. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of, I'm gonna say, not really a surprise, but it was kind of a, it was, <laughs> it was a twist of sorts when they showed up on Mirrodin. That, oh, oh god, it's the Phyrexians, they're back. And, yes, that is the correct response. Oh god, it's the Phyrexians, they're back. That's terrible. Yeah. So, now, in our first visit to Mirrodin with, uh, Mirrodin and, you know, Fifth Dawn and whatnot, was the war just against Bemnark and not Phyrexians? Yeah. So it was just against Memnarch being a jerk. Yeah, so they yeah. try to say, in the new Phyrexia Planeswalker guy, they try to say that, you know, a lot of the people in the, um, uh, Mephidros were probably actual Phyrexians, they just didn't know it yet. But I don't, I don't agree with that. I think they're just trying to change history a little bit. I think, um, like, yeah, the seeds of it all were there, but there was nothing that was a true Phyrexian yet. Yeah, I was going to say, were there any clues in the Mirrodin block that led us to believe that Phyrexians might be involved? I don't know about cards, but the books definitely mentioned uh, the oil on Mimnark. Like, they actually do mention it. So maybe it was one of those things where, uh, trying to think of the reference where Memnarch's going crazy because of one thing, and you just think it's one thing, but it really ends up being something else that was making him that way. Yeah, could be. I'm trying to think of something that is... There's things out, like movies and shows that are like that, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. That was, is that a cat? Oh, I was gonna say, is that one of CJ's cats? Yep. Awesome. Milkshake's practicing his opera. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Milkshake. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, he's in another room. He's not even, like, (laughs) he's not even nearby. There's closed doors. Yeah. All right, so uh we we come to uh Mirrodin uh in the scars of Mirrodin block. And now we have the new Phyrexians and they're of course different from the old Phyrexians in that we we see colors other than black, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting. But they bring with them some new mechanics. Oh god, the new mechanics. They bring with them some new mechanics and uh, you know <laughs> Thematically, thematically they work, but I just found the entire Mirrodin block to be so ugly and depressing. So much so that I became a judge. <laughs> Cause that's, that's really when it happened. That's, that's what turned me is that entire block. It's like, I don't actually want to play with these cards. They're, they're vile. They're infectious clues. Yeah, they're vile. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, well, they should be set on fire. That's what the problem is. I think everything's great. I'm looking at Phyrexian Unlife right now. I don't see the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, pretty much unrelated or related to all this is uh, I always defend the Phyrexians and I always defend the Borg. They're, they're both trying to just, they're just trying to help people and you guys are giving them a bad rap. You have such a bizarre definition of help. They are helping people. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that word means what you think it means. When they added, when they gave Urtai two extra arms, he loved it. <laughs> he was very happy with it. <laughs> and, and when they wiped out, uh, all, nearly all of Dominaria and brought their lifeless corpse back 
as uh, as soldiers for the Phyrexians. That that was helping. Hey, they're they're moving yeah. around again. They're not just lying in the dirt, are they? Yeah. <laughs> At least now they have jobs. <laughs> it's all, it all an employment plan. <laughs> just because just you didn't realize you wanted um, a fancy metal plate on your face doesn't mean you didn't want one. Yeah, just just yeah. because I didn't want fangs and talons and uh, oil oozing from me doesn't mean that I didn't. Yeah, you never knew what you were missing before. Yeah. Everyone secretly wants to be subjugated by the Grand Cenobite. Yeah, I'm gonna go with no on that one. I'm pretty sure that. Pretty sure that we should burn all the Phyrexians. Maybe the entire planet. I'm, I'm still sticking with the weaponize the Eldrazi part. But, okay, so we got, we got two big mechanics for this. So, are you saying, Clues, you want Emrakul to go and destroy New Mirrodin? Yes. Or New Phyrexia? Yes. Get corrupted by the oil. Now we have Phyrexian Eldrazi. I don't think you can corrupt the Eldrazi like that. We don't know. Who, how do you know? You don't, you don't know the power of, um, Yagba and the oil? <laughs> They, yeah, they, you give Yagmoth enough time. Well, it's too late for him. He's dead. Well, you give No, here it is. Know. Here it is. Emrakul gets corrupted by the oil, reborn as New Yagmoth. Yeah. <laughs> new Yagmoth. Goes great with the new Phyrexia. Yeah, that's pretty horrible, quite frankly. And the next set is called Omega, because that is the end of magic. Yeah, well, I'd be out. We're done. Time to go. He's a he's a planeswalker that lose. Plus ten, win the game. That is it. <laughs> that's, he costs, that's his. He, only, yeah. Yep, and he costs nine Phyrexian black mana. If you make it blue Phyrexian mana, then Morrow would totally make that card. Hybrid blue-black Phyrexian mana. Hi- hybrid Phyrexian mana in the next set. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, okay, we had two big mechanics, Phyrexian mechanics, that happened in the Scars block. We had Infect, and we had Phyrexian mana. And both of those, I think, are perfect examples of things you shouldn't make. I'm telling you, there's still no better feeling than gut shot into Birds of Paradise before it's even your turn. <sighs> Phyrexian mana, look, Phyrexian mana lets you pay for things without having mana to pay for things. And every other time we've done this, it's led to nothing but heartbreak and headaches. Green lets you play lands when you shouldn't be allowed to play lands, so I don't see the problem clues. You know, what's funny is, is despite all our infect arguments earlier, before the show, uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you on Phyrexian mana, I think. Not because... You get free spells. I don't care about that. You're still paying two life. But because it starts to break the color pie. Oh, it just shatters the color pie. And that that's where I start to... Well, is like, the color pie shattered, or is the cards you're allowed to run your deck is what's shattered? Well, that's that's the whole point of the that's color the pie. the color pie, yeah. Eh, I don't know. Just be mean, because I mean, no matter look, what deck you were running, you ran Dismember. Yeah, okay. Here's, here's where I knew that Phyrexian mana was a problem, and we had gone off the rails. Do you know the card Mental Misstep? I was running four copies of Mental Misstep main deck in my Mono Red Goblins deck. Yeah, of course you were. Because I had to. It's because Mental Misstep is stupidly overpowered. That's a problem. And yes, Mental Misstep is stupidly overpowered. But it is it is a perfect illustration of what's wrong with Phyrexian mana and how Phyrexian mana breaks the color pie, shatters it. I'm okay with that. Like if 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 that stuff had cost like 
green, Phyrexian green, Phyrexian green, or whatever, then I'd be okay with it, but there's, you can cast it without any mana of that color. Did nah. every color get a one mana cost Phyrexian spell? Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. so. No, I know white's cheapest one was, uh, one in a Phyrexian white. And, uh, I can't think of one that was a single black. Wait, no, uh, no. Maybe not, maybe, cause. Yeah, um, the, uh, not extirpate, the not extirpate. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, um. Surgical extraction. Yep, surgical extraction. That's the one. Cause blue got mental misstep, surgical extraction, gut shot, um, green got one. Uh, yeah. yeah. The mutagenic growth. Mutagenic growth, that's yeah. the one, yeah. So white white didn't get one then. All right, no, so let's go. Yeah, it did. Um, it did. Bone shards. Bone shard? What? Bone shards oh. is sacrifice oh. a creature, destroy target creature, isn't it? That's bone splinters. No, I, 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 oh, excuse marrow me. Marrow shards, marrow shards, or something like that. The bone shards and the marrow splinters, or whatever, <laughs> they're different things. Because I think it's one one uh, Phyrexian white, and it deals one damage to each attacking creature. Okay, let's see now. We've got G-Probe, we've got Gut Shot, we've got Marrow Shards. There it is. Marrow Shards Marrow does shards. one damage to each yeah. attacking creature, and it costs one white Phyrexian mana. Uh, Mental Misstep, uh, Mutagenic Growth, Noxious Revival, also a single also. Phyrexian. I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure if that was, um, colorless and Phyrexian or not. No, it's just, just a green. Green Phyrexian mana. Uh, Surgical Extraction, and that is it. Gut Shot. Did you say Gut Shot? Yeah, I said Gut Shot. Okay. On, on the way by. So Evercolor got one pretty much for essentially a free spell. What is that free? You still have to pay life. Yeah, that's essentially free. So. At any rate, I'm going to say Phyrexian mana, bad idea, shouldn't have happened. There you go. I liked it. I thought it worked. I mean, the, for, the way that format, I don't know, just the way the format worked, it gave every deck removal. I like that. Because no matter what deck you played, someone ran, you ran dismember. Because it helped you deal with things that you normally can't deal with, and I liked that. Clues. Yeah, it upsets the balance. The, the carefully crafted balance. 20 years in the making. Just threw it all away. No, I think um, Planar Chaos threw it all away. That's or not all, excuse. All of Time Spiral had a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> exactly. If, if, if your question is, where did the most nonsense happen? Time Spiral is going to be near the top of the list. Yeah, Time Spiral. Regardless of what exactly the question is. <laughs> so then there comes the other big Phyrexian mechanic, and that is Infect. And uh, look, I will admit, Infect is very flavorful and is very Phyrexian in its flavor. And since this is a flavor cast episode, yeah, okay, and Infect gets a, a check mark in that column. But where it doesn't get a check mark is in every other column, because Infect <laughs> is not healthy. It is bad. It shouldn't happen. It created just another life total. They actually printed a damn card that was unblockable with Infect. I mean, seriously. What were they thinking? But, but it wasn't Hexproof. Oh, yeah, that's because they hadn't invented Hexproof yet. It should have had Shroud, and then we're okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, now we can pump it. We can pump it at instant speed with spells we don't even have to pay for with mana that aren't even in our color. You mad, bro? I'm, I'm, yes. Yes, I am. Clues, do you even Infect? No. Yeah. No, I don't, because it's a terrible idea. Horrible people infect. That's 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 not the way good, decent people play magic. So why aren't you mean, mad at poison that existed before infect? Uh, cause, well, because I am. I, 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 from the very from the old very poison, old poison is not old. My my favorite old poison card. I think it's a it's a three three. 
that when it damages the opponent, they get a poison counter. But in order to do that, then you would have done 30 damage to them before they would die from poison. That's my favorite one. Couldn't you ping them, though? <laughs> Couldn't you what? Ping. Can you some to ping things. Oh, sure, yeah. Because there's well, there a pinging infect guy, and he was amazing. He was hilarious. Yeah, again, I don't I don't think those words mean what you think they mean. It was a new avenue. It gave you a new strategy. It applied a new kind of pressure to aggro decks. Because I mean, aggro decks, any sort of life gain ruins most of them. Yeah, but since there is no infect gain, there is no way to get rid of what... Look, leeches aside, look, don't write to us about leeches. Yeah. We know it exists. Everyone Don't do it. it. What about how, leeches? Yeah. How would you have felt if infect existed at the same time as Sphinx's, Sphinx's revelation? I probably would have rage quit. Wait, you, they, no matter how much life they, cards they draw in life they gain, they still have infect counters. Yep, still would have rage quit. Because don't don't even get me started about Sphinx's revelation. That's that that card was just dumb. Well, wait, what's your problem with Sphinx's revelation? It shouldn't have been instant speed. <laughs> it was sure. too powerful at instant speed. You mean it was just the right amount of power? No, I believe I said it correctly the first time. It was too powerful at instant speed. You think about magic a lot more than I think about magic. But but it totally had blue in its mana cost, so it was just fine. Absolutely <laughs> fine. Yeah, let's just give him extra cards. Heck, why not? Let's give him extra turns. Let's just do... Let's counterspell. Let's just give blue everything. Let's give him the efficient creatures. Let's give him unblockable. Let's give they him They don't have the roof. most efficient creatures. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? <laughs> What's the best the one most. drop in the game? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, well, look. In he's fact, situational. He's not always the same. I like Goblin Balloon Brigade. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. He's situational. <laughs> he's only good in decks that run instants and sorceries, which, oh, by the way, is what Blue does. <sighs> but he's not even in this book. Why are we talking about him? We're supposed to be talking about how terrible Infect is. So, uh well, yeah. They're in the set together at one point. Yes, they were, and don't remind me. Um, that, that was, that was, okay, you want a feeling that's better than gut-shotting their birds, and it's gut-shotting their Delver. Nah, I don't much rather gut-shotting That a is a better feeling. Because yeah, gut-shotting a Delver doesn't ruin their entire hand. Because most people, when you turn one a bird, you crafted your hand, you probably didn't keep as much mana as you need, as you could, should have, or things like that. Because people play real risky when there's birds in their openers. Much in the same way that people play real risky when they've got Brainstorm in their openers, but, you know, that somehow always seems to work out for them, because, well, Brainstorm's too damn powerful, too. Even though I think they should reprint it and stick it in modern, but that's beside the point. Okay, so, in fact, uh, again, I'm gonna say bad. I say good. I was okay with it. It didn't bother me. Um, yeah. It didn't bother me, because most Infect decks, you had to win super early or you weren't gonna do anything. I mean, you're this, overpaying for these creatures for the most part. Yeah. A little. Uh, a little. I think Glistener, Elf, and Blighted <laughs> Agent are probably the most efficient ones. Anything after that wasn't really that big of a deal for infect creatures. Uh, except for Skittles. Skittles was always solid. Yeah, and... And, and Plague Stinger. Uh, no, no, there's... Uh, God, what is his name? Uh, the, the really big guy who's like an 11-11 trample infect... Uh, Oh, the Dark Steel Colossus. Yeah, yeah, Dark Light Steel. Light Steel Colossus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, there was so many, in, there was not, so, I don't want to say so many Infect decks, but there was the Mono Green, especially once Wild Defiance came out. That was, that got annoying. Um, then there was the 
green blue, there was the green white, and then there was mono black that focused on Plague Stinger because he could fly. Ah, Plague Stinger. But I mean, Crusader because he was awesome. Oh God, Phyrexian Crusader was awesome. He was such a great card. That guy was a beast. I mean, not actually a beast, but he was. (laughs) Well, actually, he was was a zombie knight, (laughs) or whatever he was. <laughs> Probably a zombie knight. Definitely was, a zombie. He was so great. What was he? He was pro white and red. Yeah, pro yeah, mirror. Uh, such, yeah, he is. A, he is a zombie knight. You're right. Yeah, he's in my zombie deck. Yeah, Phyrexian Crusader was awesome. I thought he was so much better than Mirror Crusader. Huh? Phyrexian Snow Crusher. I did not know about this card. Huh? Sorry, I just stumbled. But across no matter what gathering. colors you ran for your infect deck, you always ran Mutagenic Growth. Yeah, which you could, no matter what colors you were running, because again, as we've mentioned, Phyrexian mana, bad idea. Well, I mean, most Phyrex, most Infect decks ran, I mean, a few creatures, and you pray you had to get those, the one drop on your opener. Then you ran pump spells, or, and like, dismembers. So that was, that was like your deck. And you needed to run that many dismembers, because you wanted as many pump spells as possible. It's even how the, I mean, that's pretty much the, Modern ones, you pray you have Glistener Elf turn one. Yeah, if you don't have Glistener Elf in your opener, you're probably not keeping that hand. It's a combo deck. Yep, it is. It's a combo deck that needs to attack. Now, from a flavor standpoint for the whole... I was going to say, this was a a flavor cast episode, I swear. Uh, From a flavor standpoint, the, uh, the Scars of Mirrodin block wanted to create a... Uh, deeply frightening, disturbing inevitability to the Phyrexians. And I would say that was a smashing success. In fact, I would say they probably went too far, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Morrow agrees with me, that they might have made it a little too much of a downer, a little too creepy. The artwork was... Oh, God, the artwork was all awful. I mean, not in quality. Quality was good. It was just everything was so creepy, like everything. Like, all of it. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, they gave us the Praetors. Clues, the yeah, man, praetors. You, you really like those Praetors. I do. I like the idea of a cycle like that, of, like, leaders and... I don't know, I did. I like I like love the idea of the Praetors. I thought they were great. I thought they are all well-designed cards besides Jingataxis. Uh, what, what do you got against Jingataxis? He was so expensive and... He just didn't f- have the same power the others did. This didn't affect the field. This, he, granted, he didn't affect the field at all besides that he was a 3-7. Uh, that sounds right, yeah. Let's, let's he, check he was, here. He was a 3-7. Uh, is Jin Kataxis like a 5-4 or something? Uh, Jin no, Kataxis, no he, he was a 5-4. Yeah, Jin Kataxis was a 5-4. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, he had 5-4 with flash for 10 mana. Yeah, but look at the effect that was stapled to this guy. But it's an effect that's, I mean, it's positive and it's negative at the same time. Because you go through your deck so fast that if you can't have a way to end the game, you're going to lose. Yeah, but if you have ten men... Oh, darn, I'm drawing seven... (laughs) I'm drawing a million extra cards and I can't win. Yeah, if if you have ten mana, fourteen cards, and your opponent has no cards, and you can't win, there is something wrong with your deck. Eh, I don't know. I don't know, I just was not as big of a fan as Jen. I didn't feel he had the same impact as some of the other ones. Like Elish Norn, immediate impact. Uh, Vorinclex, an annoying impact. 
By the way, uh, so we know the five Praetors that were in the, the new Phyrexia, that was Elishnor and Jinkataxis, uh, Shieldred. Shieldred, the Whispering uh, One. Urabrask and, and Vorniclex. Do, do you know the other two Praetors from Magic's history without looking them up? Anybody? No. Uh, Eben Praetor, I know that one. Yes, Eben yeah. Praetor, that's uh, one. Let me think. I will be so impressed if Mike gets this. I have no idea. I'm not going to try. Mike's Mike's amazing at this, by the way. But yeah, even Praetor, who was from Fallen Empires, was six mana for a 5-5 with first strike and trample. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a minus two, minus two counter on even Praetor, sacrifice a creature, remove a minus two, minus two counter from even Praetor. Yes, the the other one I'm seeing in my head, Sanguine Praetor? Yes, it is Sanguine Praetor. Awesome. (laughs) Nice work. Yes, Sanguine Praetor, who was from Guild Pact. Really? From Guild Pact? Huh. Probably doesn't have anything to do with Phyrexians. Yeah, well, it's six black black, so eight mana for a seven five. Has black sacrifice a creature, destroy each creature with the same converted mana cost as the sacrificed creature. Does he have the Rakdos waterprint? I don't think so. No, that that was just one of the ungilded cards in the set. Oh. Sounds like a cool card. Huh. Oh, there you go. I like the I like the other Praetors better. Yeah, yeah. We've already established that you're a terrible person. That's fine. Elish Norn clues. Now, I, I will say, I will say, one of the coolest physical cards I've seen in recent memory is the Phyrexian Elish Norn. Like the, the, the judge foil that's actually written in Phyrexian. Yeah, that's really hot. That thing is just sweet. You know, that's that's something I have a problem with. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it looks awesome. But then when someone alters some other card, like a Gitexian Probe was the last one I saw, um, into the Phyrexian language, and they try to run it at my event, and I'm like, no, you can't have that, uh, they get upset. Okay. Phyrexian Elish Norn exists. And I'm like, yeah, I would allow Phyrexian Elish Norn, but that's the only one. Okay, well, that's that's actually a good point. Uh, so, but that, uh, that card bugs me as a precedent setter. You you are the head judge, so you have the final say. It's written right there in the MDR. So yes, that's also what policy says: is not to allow cards that alter the name, obscure the name. Yep. So yeah, Rich, you haven't seen the one that's uh, that's uh, the judge. No, oil? I've never seen that. Okay, here I'm going to send you a link, and you're going to go, "Oh my god!" And you're going to say that you really need one, and then you're going to look at the price tag, and you're going to go, "Oh my god, I don't really need one." Because I don't think I want the price tag. Yeah, you you probably don't because again, it is a <clears throat> it's a judge foil and it's it's never been in a GP packet. It's it's just something that's been given out as a special thing here and there. So there are very few of these things in the wild. It's beautiful. See, <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know if it's five hundred dollars beautiful. Five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's currently going for five hundred dollars, and it's out of stock. But it's 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 beautiful. Actually, oh my god, it's amazing. Even the seven. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. Well, there you go, folks. If you need to know what to get rich for Christmas, now you know. And yeah, there's 500 yep. listeners out there, one dollar each. <laughs> <laughs> rich is going to go start a Kickstarter just to buy Rich and Hellish Norn. <laughs> uh, okay. I wouldn't even play with it. I would just like... Find a way to superimpose it into my body. Just, my skin. It, would, it would complete you. 
Yes. All right. Well, that brings us for full circle on that, I suppose. All right. So that was that was our quick overview of the Phyrexians. Uh, you know, I, I think I think what we've established is that we totally need to do an episode just all about Yogmoth and his crazy shenanigans. We should probably do one totally about Urza, because well, we need to know more about the guy who wiped out more people than well anybody. I think. And uh, definitely anyone besides the Phyrexians, I would say he's killed more people, and he maybe has killed more people than the Phyrexians. I mean, he did cause Sarah's plane to collapse. Yeah, well, okay, that wasn't entirely his fault. Yep. But it was yep. directly his, and then he was like, well, it's collapsing anyway, so I'll just use it to power my ship. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta turn a bat. No, that was actually pretty bad. You're right. Yeah. That'd be like if someone was like outside the World Trade Center after it collapsed and they had like, they were making marshmallows, like making s'mores. That's the same thing to me. Oh, wow. That's, I'm probably, I'm probably gonna cut that. I'll no, cut come on. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut that because I really don't want you or me to get a lot of mail about that one. So we'll just, we'll just take that little analogy out. <clears throat> okay. I don't so, have a similar analogy. Is, yeah, is, is there anything else we want to, uh, say about the Phyrexians before we put them to bed and I try and scrub them from my mind? I love them. Infect was the greatest thing that they ever brought to magic. Oh, I agree. Oh my god. Man. First, Infect. Second, Phyrexian Mana. Third, <laughs> Phyrexian Devourer. Alright, now, now you're just trying to rile me up. I, I see what's going on here. Uh, Phyrexian Delver is a far better Delver than any other Delver. Oh, he right costs now. one Phyrexian Blue? <laughs> no, he's a real card. <laughs> I'm not making him up. Phyrexian Delver? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I was thinking Phyrexian Delver of Secrets. Five costs one, for, one Phyrexian <laughs> Blue. He flips anytime you have a card on top of your library. <laughs> and he's a 5-5 five, five flying infector. <laughs> he flips. And he ta- so the only time he doesn't flip is when if you've lose. already drawn your last card. So you've got one turn to do something with him. Yep. Okay, that sounds like a fair Delver, actually. No, the, no, he, you, so anytime you have a card, he flips. Any, anytime you have a, like, a card in hand, or? On your top of your library, if there's a card at the top of your library, he flips. Yeah, I'm saying that the only time he doesn't flip is if you've drawn your last card, and yep. then you play him. Yes. Okay. But and he's a 5-5 five, five flying effector, clues. <sighs> Why don't I just make him a 10-10 and be done with it? Nope, 5-5. Five, Gotta five. make him fair, clues. Oh, okay. 5-5, yeah. five, five, pay one Phyrexian mana, he deals double damage, he gets double strike. He doesn't have haste. Yeah. <laughs> That's a balancing factor. <laughs> he doesn't have haste. Well, it's not a blue mechanic. <clears throat> uh, yet was so. So he doesn't get it. Right. <laughs> what else can I say that'll make Clues mad? I think I'm just gonna... I don't know, I, th- I threw three of the most hated things you have in Magic together, Clues. Yeah, you pretty much did. I I think we're just gonna end here before before I say things that everyone will regret. I do mean everyone. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that's that's the end of our Phyrexian talk for now. I'm sure they'll come back. So, uh, once again, we should thank our uh, our flavorful friends for joining us here on Flavorcast. Uh, do you guys have any projects you might work on other than Flavorcast that you might want to make people aware of? How about you, CJ? Uh, yeah, people might want to listen to JudgeCast, where I do not get to talk about flavor very much, except 
Colossal Whale. I do get to talk about Colossal Whale all I want. Which I have to say, I actually enjoy the Colossal Whale discussions, so keep them coming. Okay, great. Um, and accept no other Judge Podcast substitutes. There may be another one out there, but it will never be as good. Uh, no, it certainly won't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find us at judgecast.com or email us at judgecast at gmail.com or any variation of a URL with judgecast at the beginning or end of it will generally get to us. That seems fair. Yes. Uh, all right. How about you, Mike? Uh, I'm one of the regular hosts of the Manipool podcast. Uh, themanipool.com, I guess, is the one of the variations of our website name that you can use to find out more about us. Um, we do that every week. Also, tomorrow, actually, I'm going to be recording uh, on an episode of CommanderCast. I'll be there with uh, Brian from The Manipool is also going to be on there as a special guest host. So that'll be exciting. Um, uh, yes, both of those are correct. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Uh, you know, strangely enough, uh, this week on uh, Monday Night Magic, uh, there. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna let our listeners know this too. This week on Monday Night Magic, we were talking about uh, a thing that's on MTGO where they've uh, taken an old block and they've remastered it essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is Tempest Remastered. And since Chewie wasn't on this week, we encouraged everyone to just tweet at Chewie with the name of an old block that they wanted them to remaster next, but not explain it to him. <laughs> and so all day today, Chewie's been getting those tweets, and he's still confused, because he, <laughs> he hasn't listened to Monday Night Magic yet. So, I'm gonna put that, I'm gonna put that here too. Okay, folks, if, if you like the idea of remastering an old set, tweet at Chewie. And that's uh, at the mana pool, uh, the name of an old block that you want to remaster. Don't explain. Just tweet it at him. We'll see how long we can keep this going. See how long he stays confused. Uh, so that's chewy. So I'm going for a while. Yeah, probably because he would have to listen to Monday Night Magic to figure it out, or he could listen to this show. But since he doesn't listen to the show right away, it'll be months before he listens to this episode uh, to to find out. So. There you go. Chewy from the past. Ha <laughs> ha. There you go. Uh, all right. So if you want to reach us, if you want to give us some feedback, we would always love to hear it. You can reach us a number of ways. Uh, you can find us on the web at cardadvantagecast.com. You can reach us via email at mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. We are at cardadvantage on the Twitters. If you want to reach me directly, I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes that almost no one, re- no one reads. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> he, he is in fact on Twitter, uh, and there is, I think, Soren Fanboy Winky Face, I think is his Twitter handle. Uh, it, this, this week it's Infect Praetor Fanboy Winky Face. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Okay, well, thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you all next time. The bad ones used to make fun of it.
We got the guys. We got the man. Hey, you, you making fun of our theme song? <laughs> that's well, that's what I'm used to hearing after you say that. I really so like just, our theme it song. It just auto plays in my head. Yeah, well, it does for me too. <laughs> it's, 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 it's always playing in my head. Yeah, it's actually mildly disconcerting when I'm editing the show and haven't yet put in the intro and outro track because I'm like, uh, it doesn't sound right at all. And then I stick them on there, and then it's fine. It's just you know, I listen to all my podcasts at like double speed. So even right now, when you're talking to me, it's way too slow. Uh, but even that song, it's a very fast song to me. It's probably not nearly as fast as reality as how it is in my head. Yeah. Why? Why do you listen to them at double speed? To get through them twice as fast. But you should you should savor them. No. <laughs> just no. <laughs> just, 